0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, our balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade teases 25 more years of this show. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always, joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Switch Firmware Update 11.0, and dates for Doom Eternal and Super Nintendo World. Then on Thursday, we are time-traveling in Nintendo games. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I am wondering now what, like, balloons would represent this show in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Do you think we would get two separate balloons, one for mm. you, one for me? I mean, I imagine that they like
0: it would sort of appear like two balloons, but it's one balloon like stitched together, <laughs> right? Like there there might be like separate yeah.
1: pumps for like the is it are they helium? They got to be helium, right? I would think that they're helium, but I don't know that for sure.
0: Look, if anyone is a balloon technician who has p- parade experience, uh, you know, Rose Parade or better, um, uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at
1: gmail.com, at gmail.com.
0: And let us know how those balloons stay in the air. Anyone less qualified than
1: that, though? I do not want to hear from. Well, balloons in the Rose Parade, I think that's a pretty low qualification because those don't exist as far as I know. Well, okay, unless, they're well made then- out of, unless they're fashioned out of flowers. That it's an impossibly high. <laughs> you're right. No, standard <laughs> you're right. Of, you're right. We, we, in this segment, we are both wrong <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> Look, Mark, I've never actually been to the uh, to the Rose Parade. Have you? No, it'd be cold, and you'd be so tired. I'm too old. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right. We are too old and too tired. Speaking of too old and too tired, my copy of Sonic Forces. Or maybe the Sonic Forces borrowing program. I'm not sure which is the old, tired thing in this. Um, But you would like to borrow my copy of this game. I know you would. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. No qualifications are are needed for that one. We don't need experts in any field uh, to to email to that. Uh, All we need is your mailing address so we can send you my copy of this game to play for as long as you want. There's a possibility that you may get a copy of Untitled Goose Game. Uh, that's just a little bit of a spoiler thrown in there. Um, the goose is in there to mess up your day. And I'm sorry, but that's what the goose does. Uh, so good luck uh, to people wanting to play Sonic Forces. Good luck to people wanting to play Untitled Goose Game. Uh, get on that list and get one of these two games. Yeah, we're rooting for you all. <laughs> right, but we're not going to say what, we're, what result we're rooting for. But right. We are rooting for you. Um, Mark, we got uh, a couple emails here that I'd like to get to before we jump into the show proper. Um, one here addresses an email from last week. Um, do you recall last week Lizzie wrote us asking for some Christmas advice um, because she is uh, getting her boy. Oh, and again, Lizzie is bo- Lizzie's boyfriend. If you're listening to this, check with Lizzie to make sure this shouldn't be a surprise because we're about to give away the surprise. <laughs> uh. It- She is buying him uh, a Switch, and she asked for some game suggestions, uh, and specifically said, uh, but not Breath of the Wild. He's been playing it on my Switch. I don't think uh, he would want to start all over uh, again from the beginning. Um, Email from Jason. Uh, Jason writes, Dear Nintendo Cartridge Society, I've been meaning to email in for a while, so this email is going to be kind kind of long. Sorry. Jason, it's not that long. You're doing great. Um, he says to Lizzie, if your boyfriend really likes Breath of the Wild, you, should, you, sh- you could still buy it for him. I had a similar situ- situation where I played it on my brother's Switch and wanted to transfer my save data to my Switch when I got one. I had put in over 100 hours into the game, so I was worried about losing my data. Um, it's actually pretty easy to transfer the save data. If he has Switch online, then he can download the save data instantly to his Switch. If he doesn't, he can still transfer the data over through settings this method works just so long as you don't send the data twice or you'll delete it I hope this helps so uh good to know um, that uh, you can uh, transfer the data and if he's still playing breath of the wild maybe that is a uh, something that he would want uh the the email uh, continues this is where Uh, He apologizes for it being kind of long. Uh, He says, unrelated to that, I wanted to tell you, Mark and Patrick, that I really enjoy your show. Sometimes when I feel sad or tired, I copy your intro to myself uh, and start to feel better. Thanks for making a great show. Keeps me going through this cruddy time. I went back and listened to some of your first episodes. You guys have changed a lot for the better.
1: (laughs) Jason, you're right on all counts.
0: Yeah. Uh, J- like uh, just it was just spot on, man. Uh we have gotten better, it's true. I don't recommend that anyone go back to the beginning no. of, of our show. Um but we've just put out so many. I don't even know what how would how would you this is our 414th episode of of this show. So uh, it's anyone going back through the uh the back catalog, uh you know, God speed and you have my blessing, but my my goodness. <laughs> Seems like quite the
1: undertaking. Yeah. Let us know how the news episodes hold up.
0: <laughs> um, P.S. says Jason, uh, you guys got me listen- listening to the song Bad Cinderella. It started somewhat, somewhat ironically, but I'm starting to think I genuinely
1: like it. That's that, right there. You're describing like 90% of Andrew Lloyd Webber's catalog. Yes, so, that's right. <laughs> welcome aboard. <laughs>
0: Um, sort of in a similar vein, we got an email from Arlo, um, and Arlo writes in with a couple different observations, but uh, I just wanted to hit, hit the top here uh, of his email. He writes, uh, Dear Cartridge Society, the full name is appreciated, of course, Nintendo Cartridge Society. <laughs> uh, I was recently inspired to make a podcast with my other Nintendo-obsessed friend. Do you have any tips for aspiring podcasters? How do slash did you get your content out there, and how do you get all of these great Podcast ideas. Mark, do you have any
1: advice for aspiring podcasters? Uh, I think what we have learned is that consistency is helpful, right? We've uh, uh, in, initially we did one episode a week, but even though like our listenership was small, like we did that one episode, we committed to it, and then eventually we started doing two episodes, and we have committed to that. Um, I think cons- I think cons- consistency is key, and it's the easiest way to get better.
0: Yeah. Consistency is key. Uh, it, and I, I think that the other thing is uh, to be yourself. Uh, I say all the time that the only asset that we have on the show that no one else has is you and me, is Mark and Patrick. No other show has Mark and Patrick. Um, and every other show may have more access to games or more time to play them or... Uh, Whatever, they don't have the two of us. So make sure that you and your Nintendo-obsessed friend remain your you and your Nintendo-obsessed friend, um, and you just present that. Don't present something you're not. Present what you are. Uh, Mark, how do we come up with these great podcast
1: ideas? Oh, boy, in a panic a lot of times. <laughs>
0: Sometimes, look, sometimes if we land on a theme that we can uh, uh, bleed for a month, uh, we do it. Um, and sometimes it, it is kind of a, a scrambling. I think a, a nice thing to keep in mind is accept that not all of your ideas are going to be great. Uh, and you'll do some ideas and you're like, all right, that wasn't, that didn't really work for us. We discovered early on that we uh, don't do good like game reviews. Um, we did start off doing some episodes that we were like, this is our review of this. Um, but that's, you know, we, we need some kind of like structure. We want something like to rank in there or something we can talk about more abstractly. So find out, you'll, you'll discover your, uh, pratfalls Pratt Falls as you go. Uh, this is also part of, um, being consistent, right? Is just keep doing it. You'll discover what you're not good at. Um, and then you just don't do the things you're not good at. Mark, we just do episodes that are good now. Yeah. It's, um, the key to our success, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just fail for a long time, and then, uh, and, and then you'll succeed. Um, okay, uh, Mark, let's get into what we've been
1: playing this week. So I finished Abzu, uh, which, not a super long game. Um, I'm about to say something that sounds really mean, but I don't intend it to be. But $1.99 was, like, the perfect price to pay for this. I Mm. and I like uh, I think it's normally $20 and after having experienced it like I don't think I'd be mad if I paid $20 for it because it's a really beautiful and obviously like thoughtfully created game but I think it might like knowing what I know now I wouldn't pay $20 for it if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, th- th- it definitely does. So, y- did you find like the ending satisfying, or?
1: Yeah, I-, I thought the whole experience was satisfying. I mean, again, I paid two bucks for this game, but I, right. uh, um, it really but even is. Still, like, you you sp-
0: you spend time with it,
1: right? Like, totally. And it's bigger. I think it's really like artfully crafted. Um, I know it's not the same exact team who uh, worked on Journey, but it is some of the same creators, and I think Journey on the whole was like a more satisfying experience. But it also just had the benefit of being like new. Um and this feels less novel, but it is uh like clearly like there was a lot of thought put into it. And there are moments of the game that like when everything comes together, it's a really cool experience. So I would probably wait until it's on sale again. Maybe not that cheap, maybe like ten bucks. But um definitely worth seeking out if you can get it on switch or like i know it's been available on other platforms it's definitely worth playing
0: um does it have the same sort of like multiplayer component as as journey did
1: i don't think so um as far as far as i can tell it's a purely single player
0: experience i mean that that could also just be different now like one of the the hooks of journey was that you would be um you would be like paired up with another player um, but, like, the game never really tells you, like, how you're teaming up with it. It's just, like, there's right. another, what appears to be an NPC in there, um, but it's actually con- being controlled by another person sort of randomly selected, and you yeah. lack the communication tools, and there's no way to, like, matchmaker or anything like that.
1: Right, and it, and it's really cool because, like, it comes at a time in the story and journey that you're, like, I don't know, it all just, like, comes together really well, and mm-hmm. uh, this game isn't going for that, but... It, um. It's, it's just not as good of an experience. It's still like an experience worth having, but it's just yeah, not yeah, sure, like sure. as good. I've also been playing a little bit more of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. I actually haven't gotten as far into it uh, as I want to. So I don't really have much more to say other than it's been fun to unlock like the other or some of the other unplayable characters. But uh, I really want to get further into it. I really want to get further into the story and like I'm not really far enough. Um, so nothing particularly new on that front. Let's let's set a uh, a goal of next week because I also the game
0: remains on my Switch. I still haven't touched it. Um, but uh, so yes,
1: let's let's set a date for next week. Um, so we can have something to say about it. Okay, perfect. I think that's a great idea. There are some other. There's like at least one other game that's coming out this week that I am excited for, but I don't. Um, uh, but yes, I think I need to prioritize Hyrule Warriors and just know. That in the next year, there's going to be, like, gaps where I wish I had games to play, and that is perhaps when, like... And you'll have them, yes. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, So, I mean, the, the 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 thing that has been keeping me from playing uh, Hyrule Warriors very much is that my Hades fever has not yet broken. I am still sick in bed, as sick as a dog, playing Hades nonstop because the game is so impossibly good. I have uh, vanquished Hades with five out of six of the weapons Ooh, at this nice. point thank you I, I i beat him with the gauntlets this morning that was my first time uh beating him beating him with gauntlets and the first time beating him with any uh any of the heat meter applied um so after you beat him the first time there's like an infernal pact that pops up where you can add like different modifiers to the run that make it more difficult in very specific ways um and the first time you do it with any given weapon Um, you can just do, like, one of these things, and it'll fill up the heat meter, and I think after that, it'll be, like, you have to add two things or three things to fill up the heat meter and get more rewards as you do it, Um, so this is the first time that I was actually able to beat uh, Hades with uh, some of the heat applied, Um, and it was with a weapon that I hadn't used before. Um, Man, it just felt so good, like, I don't know, there, when, when you get a good run, and you start getting, like, good boons from, um, th- from the gods as you're going through there and you've got like a nice little like loadout going and you're like, this is nothing like the last time I played this game. Um, it's just a magical experience where you're like, I'm in the zone just like I was last time, but I'm doing completely different things. My strategies are way different. Um, it's just awesome. Um, and I, uh, continue to, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, and I feel like I have nothing new to say about it, um, other than it continues to surprise me every, every single time I play. Um, and also I'm continuing to romance, uh, Thanatos, uh, and, and, and I got, uh, a, a little bit of a breakthrough where, uh, there's, like, it shows relationship status by filling mm-hmm. in hearts, um, and, uh, there is, uh, you get to a point where there's like a heart with like a lock on it. Um, and I, I have broken through that lock. So, um, you know, just the normal building stops at a point and then you have to do something special.
1: I have done that special thing. So <laughs> what, uh, what ben? is there a like gameplay benefit to romancing or is it just purely for enjoyment?
0: Um, so I, at, uh, and I don't know if this is, uh, only available for the characters that you romance Or if it is uh, part of what you can build the uh, other relationships up to. But there is like an assist that you can uh, get. So I have one of these things from Thanatos um, that uh, I can uh, like make him appear on the map at one point and just deal like a huge amount of damage um, to to the bad guys. And you can do it once um, through the course of the thing. I assume that the rest of the Romanceable characters have that. And maybe um, like Achilles and uh, Hi- Hypnos and s- some of the other like sort of regulars around um, Hades' palace uh, would would all offer those sorts of gifts. But I don't know. Uh, it's uh, again one of the many symptoms that are systems that I sort of stumble into um, as I'm playing this game. I've now logged over fifty hours. Uh, the nice. switch told me today. It's like, oh yes, no, I'm deeply obsessed with this game. <laughs> I absolutely love. It. Um, speaking of games that we put way too much time into, of course, it was uh, Turkey Day this last week, so Sarah and I were in um, Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. We celebrate Turkey Day with uh, Franklin, the chef who is a turkey um, and uh, is making a lot of Thanksgiving meals, none of which include turkey. He does make a little joke about it at at one point where, like, Um, You have to gather fish for him to, like, make this, uh, like, salmon dish. And he's like, you wouldn't believe the way some people celebrate this holiday. (laughs) I thought it was really cute. Uh, And also, just give me Animal Crossing. Give me more holidays. I love them every time. It's adorable. People are standing around. Uh, the, the tables that are set up in uh, resident services uh, and you put like a new dish down and they all applaud it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so cute.
1: Is it snowing yet? Does it, or no, not maybe yet. not until December? Maybe not. Uh, until yes. Today. Ooh, it may be snowing by the time uh,
0: this episode comes out. Uh, but when, when we were last in it, no, it, it was not snowing. Um, Mark. And then uh, one last game that I have been playing a little bit that I just started playing today because I picked up today. Yoku's Island Express is on sale on the Nintendo eShop for $4.99. That is 75% off its normal price. Um, and this is a game that I know I said if it ever went on sale for something reasonable that I would absolutely pick it up. So I did. Um, and I will have more to report on that as I continue to play. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I picked it up, especially for, for 5 bucks. Yeah, um, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah and i'm uh i'm enjoying it i understand your frustrations about uh not being able to get to where you want to get to uh it is a metroidvania style game but all of the locomotion is based on pinball mechanics Uh, and it can be frustrating sometimes when you're like okay i've done the thing now i just want to get out of here yeah and you can't do it for a while (laughs) (laughs) but you know that, that that's like pinball though like if you just like Uh, set your mind to pinball instead of to uh, metroidvania i think it's a little bit more satisfying
1: yeah Um, i didn't have the patience for it but i can appreciate why somebody would enjoy it
0: (laughs) very good all right that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing
1: next week today december 1st empire of sin is released on switch um, this is the game that's been featured, I feel like multiple times, but at least once in uh a recent At least twice. Uh, at least yeah. twice. Yeah. Like oh, I feel no, like... this is no,
0: this is the one that might might have been in like a PlayStation state of play or something.
1: Yeah, oh, that could have been it. I just feel like there's been yeah. like surprising amount of buzz around this game. Uh, things became clearer for me when I realized that it was developed by Romero Studios, uh, the newest studio of John Romero um and so, I think that's why there's more attention being paid to it than I would normally expect for, it, like, this, like, tactical game that's set in, like, 1920s, potentially. Yeah, it's, it's like, Prohibition-era Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, that comes out today. Uh, tomorrow, December 2nd, Wednesday, Sheer in the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate is released on Switch. I am excited for this one uh sheer and the wanderer was like a game that i picked up on the ds It was the first roguelike i'd ever played um became really obsessed with it never made it that far but put hours and hours and hours into that game uh this one is only 20 bucks it's a port of i think it was originally a psp game that's being brought over to pc and switch i'm really excited this is definitely one Mm. that i'm picking up cool on thursday december 3rd uh ubisoft's immortals phoenix rising is released on switch and other platforms this is the breath of the wild like game uh that is has deals with greek mythology um it, the reviews started coming out yesterday and are so far fairly positive positive. and so i uh, i think seeing the reviews and seeing the positive impressions or the majority of them seem to be positive impressions um it definitely raised my interest in this game but not one that i'm picking up immediately we'll probably wait for it to be on sale.
0: Yeah, uh so th- this is a game that actually,
1: uh as Arlo's email went on, he that he asked
0: us about um that he got to uh try it out on the um Stadia um, oh cool sort of demo uh as as it was uh, a couple weeks ago. Um and uh yeah, he was just asking about uh our thoughts on uh Immortals Phoenix Rising. I'm sort of um uh, having having read uh s- some of the reviews that that popped yesterday. Um, it seems, like, kind of right in line with what I was expecting, uh, where, like, good but not great. Um, and I don't need a game to be great to play it, um, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a, an Ubisoft open-world game uh, kind of guy. Um, and also, I know that Ubisoft games will drop in price. Yeah, 100%. Every, like, this game will—look, uh, uh, the—what's uh, it called? Starlink Battle for Atlas— I think is on sale for 15 bucks right now. Um, and you, that game was fun. I shouldn't have spent $80 on it. Um, uh, and it, this game, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'll, I'll wait. It'll, it'll be cheap at some point. Uh, yeah, I'll for pick sure. i it up then.
1: I mean, like we've seen with, you know, uh, Re- uh, Mario plus Rabbids, Kingdom Battle, yeah. like that game goes down to like $10, $20 fairly often. Uh, and yeah, I, I completely agree. It's something that I'm like generally interested in. I love Breath of the Wild. I am excited for a like Breath of the Wild-like game in theory, but uh, something that I'm willing to pay maybe like 20 bucks for. Yeah. I mean,
0: the thing with Breath of the Wild and, you know, it's it's this is the thing that like goes through my mind when like Genshin Impact is mentioned or this game Immortals um, where it's like, Breath of the Wild is great in concept, but it's also great in execution, like all the specifics of how that game actually works and how like it guides you into exploration and like even down to the the mechanics that people don't like, like the weapon degradation mm-hmm. that's based on exploration as well. Um, it's just so the game itself is so good um, that having another game that is like it may not actually be like a, a similar draw, you know?
1: Well, this is also really silly, but I remember um, when, you know when Fallout 3 first came out, I played so much Fallout 3. I think I put, I put like over 100 hours into that game. And then one year later, um, New Vegas was released, and I bought New Vegas, played it for a little bit, but I, it was so much like Fallout Three that like I felt yeah. burned out, like I was like, I can't put another hundred hours into it. And I'm a little bit worried that I know that you know, uh, Breath of the Wild Two or the sequel like isn't like isn't coming in the next couple of months but i am worried a- you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> i am worried it a little could be bit- out in april who knows yeah that's true it could, it could be out next year if nothing else and i am a yeah. little worried that like oh if i i would rather save my like breath of the wild experiences like that amount of time that i could put into a game like for breath of the wild 2 and i don't i have a little bit of fear that if i like play this game yeah. I'll be like burned out on those mechanics by the time like Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and I don't want that
0: man it 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 is incredible Breath of the Wild 2 uh, whatever that game is going to be called mm-hmm. it probably won't be Breath of the Wild 2 because um, there's only one Zelda 2 right <laughs> right Um, and, and it, it could be nothing like Breath of the Wild like it it could look like it but you know the priorities of it could be completely different
1: yeah I guess that's true I hadn't really thought about that Um, Ooh, that's a deep well to go into. Maybe for another time. And then on December 4th, Friday, uh, Fitness Boxing 2 Rhythm and Exercise is released.
0: That was featured in one of the uh, partner showcases recently, so just wanted to follow up. I think there was a demo
1: for that one, too, that I think I played. Mm -hmm. Um, John Wick Hex is released on the Switch eShop.
0: Yeah, that's the, uh, like, John Wick, um, like, sort of strategy game where, like, you plot out his moves in advance. And then, like, sort of watch them play out in slow motion.
1: Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, it's, a, Fire- it's a Mike Bithel joint. Um, the uh, the Thomas Was Alone guy. Oh, cool. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Uh, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. This is the original NES game, which had previously never been localized for uh, countries outside of Japan. And uh, it's coming to Switch on Friday. So I... This is a game where I am like 99 percent sure that I will never play it. Maybe I'll turn it on for a little bit, but it, I think it's six bucks, five bucks, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I, it's I a totally must buy. <laughs> bought it. I already bought it. Um, the, the, the funny thing about this or I don't know if it's funny, haha, but like Nintendo recently started like their new pre-order thing, right? where you, instead of like pre-loading where you pay it up front, um, you yeah. can like pre-order it and then one week before it's released, they charge you for it and you can start like, it downloads to your system. With the uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, I was expecting it to work that way. It did, but maybe I was within, I must've been within the one week period when I bought it because it charged it. me immediately and downloaded it. I'm glad I said this out loud because I have gone through the thought exercise now and I understand why it worked the way it worked. Patrick, are you picking this one up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I I'm
0: in the same boat as you where like I there's not a huge likelihood that I'm actually going to play all the way through this game. I have uh I don't know, maybe four unfinished Fire Emblem <laughs> games on on various uh systems in this house. Um and I love them all for a couple hours, um and would love them all all the way to the end. Uh, I'm sure of it, but you know, I just get hung up on um, you know, having spent already seventy hours with it or something like that, um. So yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% picking it up uh, on on Friday. I feel no need to uh, preload this one or pre-order it. Um, on account kind of I can't imagine it takes very long to download. <laughs> no, uh, it takes an an two seconds. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. It takes two seconds. Um. Oh, you know what? I should have mentioned this in what we've been playing. Um, I downloaded uh all of the 3ds. Pick Cross games are three dollars right now. Um, so I downloaded, uh, I think like three of those, um, just to like bank for later because you know we we were talking about uh, Pick Cross games and you know Pick Cross S five just came out, um, on, on the Switch and uh, you know, I was like, why don't I just continue working my way through the through the series? And then realized there was a whole series of them uh, on the 3DS that I hadn't picked up. Um, so I'm I'm playing some of those. Um, you know, uh, they're on sale for uh, $3 is like nothing. So, um, yeah, uh, that's some, something else I've been playing.
1: Yeah, like last Thursday, I think it was, we, t- um, in response to a listener question, talked about some of the games that were on sale and uh, on the Nintendo eShop right now. And I think it runs through Wednesday. Um, and one of the games that was on there was Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, Sharp FE, which I'd never played before. And it's down to 40 bucks, And so I bought it this weekend. It Very good. Gr- it uh, is now added to a growing list of JRPGs that I intend to play at some point, but I have no idea when I'm going to. So is it possible that I spend $40 on this game um, and will never play it? Let's just ask totally. Dragon Quest XI uh, Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch if that is true. Because that is another game that I one day intend to play. Um, but have yet to crack like the two-hour mark on it.
0: Man, we don't have a good track record as far as JRPGs go on the show, do we?
1: They're just well, I uh, yeah, we yeah, we don't, we don't. I'm we don't. glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you made it through Dragon Quest Eleven as Echoes and Elusive definitive Age. definitive edition for Nintendo Switch um because i like before that game was released on switch was like super excited talked it up a bunch love dragon quest and then again have not cracked the two-hour mark in it someday i intend to uh maybe before i play tokyo mirage sessions this is an this is a game you can't win no you i mean if you ever feel drawn to play either
0: of those games just do it, right? Like, it, it, it's it, that's always the way with a with the JRPG, right? Most RPGs, really. Yeah. Um, that when you feel the pull to it, like embrace that, and then the rest of the time pretend they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I've started too many Xenoblade games, <laughs> to <laughs> to uh, feel differently. Um, all right. So those are the new releases. Uh, Mark, let's close this out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus filling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, today we are talking about Christmas sweets. Mm. Um, and part of the reason that this is on my brain, obviously we are headed into the holiday season here, uh, but Sarah and I built a gingerbread house from a kit this weekend. Um, so there was lots of access to uh, gumdrops and like a glue ish <laughs> frosting. And of course, lots and lots of gingerbread um, and the thought of eating any of that house. First of all, uh, we put too much work into it to eat it. It, it, that first of all and second
1: of all i don't want to eat gingerbread no i uh, also a lot of times the kits like explicitly say do not eat this oh do they really <laughs> yeah no, well,
0: i mean it says on the front uh, the, there's nutritional information on it mm, Mm-hmm. so like and it says like uh, servings per container 34 <laughs> so like i think they intend for 34 people to eat this thing <laughs>
1: uh yeah i feel like gingerbread oh man gingerbread houses are i think in my opinion less functional than jack-o'-lanterns and jack-o'-lanterns are already Ooh. not very functional
0: see i expect this thing to at least last a little bit longer mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. as a decoration jack-o'-lantern you know we don't have like an uh, an outdoor space or anything like that so we had to just leave them in our house and it was like three days before they started to smell um i I think the gingerbread house will last a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, that I, I guess that's fair. I, I usually am just like, okay, I made this gingerbread. It's like a puzzle where you're like, and yeah. I complete it. And now what do we, like a puzzle or labo? You're like, I completed yeah. it and now what do I do with it? Exactly. Um, but so there must be Christmas sweets that we do like, right?
0: <laughs> right. Um, but before before we get to Christmas sweets that we do like, I also just want to call out candy canes. Get out of here with candy canes. It's a bad candy, bad form factor to it. What's up with that, like, hook? Are you supposed to put your finger around that? Do you eat it first? It's a mess. And then it's just sticky and gross and, ho- like, the taste isn't very good. I am not a candy cane fan.
1: Yeah. Uh, I admit to liking flavors of candy canes, but, like, traditional mm. peppermint, like, straight out. I'm talking, like, fruity flavors. If you can get your hands on some of those Sour uh, Patch Kid candy canes like though i mean they're sour patch kid candy cane they're a hard candy that has the Mm -hmm. flavor of sour patch kid um but like does not have the consistency of a sour patch kid so those i will defend but essentially they're just like hard candies that taste like sour patch kids and that's like something i can totally get behind.
0: yeah um what uh do you have like a favorite um christmas sweet or one that like
1: jumps out as like something that you do like I like, uh, and I don't know if this is a strictly like a Christmas sweet, but I like ginger snaps a lot. Oh, interesting. I gotta say, I'm not into a ginger because that a ginger snap is is a pretty much
0: like gingerbread,
1: though, right? Well, uh, I, th- mm, no, I mean, I I see where <laughs> you're going with it, but in my yes. mind, they do not taste all that similar because partly like with gingerbread, it has to be like, uh, like. So it's be tough, hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even like the snappiest ginger snaps, um, are not quite that like tough because you don't have to construct a yeah. home out of them. Um, uh, but I concede your point. Um, but
0: you like a ginger snap? Maybe I should try a ginger snap. I I can't remember the last time I had one. Um, Mark, uh, w- th- this makes me think, of course, of uh, Advent calendar chocolate. Did you guys <laughs> keep Advent <laughs> calendars when we, when you were kids?
1: Uh huh. Yeah, and that w- that was always fun i actually uh when i was like trying to figure out a potential topic for 433 i was looking at lists of like um christmas candy or like holiday candy and it was on like eat this or don't eat that like some website where it was like these are good for you and Mm. these are not good for you anyways advent calendars was their number one because they're small like uh individual pieces of chocolate and you eat them over like a long period of time
0: Yeah, or if you were like my sister, you would just wait until like the end of the week and then you would have like seven pieces of chocolate (laughs) all at once. Uh, We were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble with guest violinist Todd Reynolds. All right, Mark, let's get into the news.
1: Nintendo and Universal Studios Japan have announced that the new Super Nintendo World land at uh universal studios osaka will be opening february 4th 2021 and it looks awesome oh february 4th is so soon yeah it's like
0: two months and change um Hard to imagine that anyone is going to an amusement park at that point, uh, and certainly uh, even harder to imagine flying to Japan <laughs> to go to it.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that right now Japan still has like a travel restriction um, from visitors in from the U.S. Um, Super Nintendo World was originally supposed to open in 2020 before the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. That, of course, got delayed. The theme park land, of course, got delayed. It is now going to be opening February 4th. Um, As part of this, you know, they had previously, I think, shown off some images of inside, or they, like, leaked when that person published the website accidentally, or whatever happened. Anyways, I think this is the—I can't remember if those were official or not, but this was definitely the most official look we got inside the Mario Kart ride um, called Koopa's Challenge in Japan, where Bowser is still known as Koopa. Um, and it looks so cool. The entrance to the ride is through Bowser's castle. They showed off some of the interior of it, including like the loading area. And, uh, as part of the queue, like a giant Bowser statue. Um, they showed off a little bit of the technology of the ride. There's like four people in each cart. You're racing against each other. Everybody's wearing these Mario caps that have, uh, augmented reality goggles attached to them. The AR features heavily in the ride. Um, That's how seemingly you will, like, collect items and use the items uh, in the race. They're saying that, like, it'll be different every time. I don't know. This seems awesome. Seems
0: cool. Um, Well, let me ask you this, because uh, one of the things that uh, I find frustrating about Universal Rides is that they do a lot of that, like, simulated uh, like motion where like you're seeing a screen and like you're being moved around, you know, like the the Simpsons ride or even like uh, Harry Potter. Um, but none of those are using AR, right? It's all um, like, uh, it's some sort of like gyro controls and uh, like a screen, um, but this feels different. Like anything, any motion that's actually happening or any motion that they're trying to convince you is happening will be happening. Right. And the AR is just to like paint Mario specifics over
1: it. Right. Yeah. Seemingly. I mean, we haven't seen anything from the inside of the ride. Um, there it's definitely like a ride and not a simulator like Star okay, Tours yeah. or anything. Um, but as to how much like once you're in there, like are there a bunch of like animatronics of like Bowser or Mario or something? That would oh, be man. awesome. There but, better be. Oh, yeah. But like I don't know. Or is it like a mix of screen and augmented reality? Or is it like, a combination of all of the, all of it. That's probably my guess. Knowing it's a universal ride, I bet at some point you're gonna get sprayed with water.
0: You're definitely gonna get sprayed with water, and not like enough to cool you down. You're still gonna be too hot. After, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> afterwards. Is there with, a with the sole exception of Jurassic World. The the Jurassic yes. World ride mm-hmm. will get will soak wet. you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah. Uh, speaking of which, so th- uh, this is opening in Japan early next year. Although. It is also under construction at Universal Studios Hollywood. And so we we'll be coming to the LA area at some point in the future. Um, this land, I think, was also announced for Universal Studios. Singapore uh, was also supposed to be part of Universal Studios Orlando's like, third major theme park. But that project is on hold right now. So kind of crazy that Universal Studios Florida will probably be the last to get a Super Nintendo oh, yeah. world.
0: Yeah, that that is interesting, but it'll be, like, its own separate park?
1: Uh, pr- or, like, part of... Uh, Got it. It was called uh, Epic Universe, although, again, that project's on hold. Who knows what it'll, the final form of that will look like in the future.
0: Yeah, weird time for amusement parks.
1: <laughs> weird time for amusement parks. Uh, man, I am so excited for Super Nintendo World. It looks like so much fun. I would definitely, if it were possible, try to book a trip to Japan to experience it at some point soon yeah
0: i I mean i i wonder how much uh uh, how long like behind the um japan opening the uh the la one will be like yeah just with it being pushed back like it it feels like that gives that you know kind of makes it seem like there won't be as big a gap between them
1: yeah that's a good point i haven't really seen updated like construction photos from the one in hollywood but i'm guessing like last time it's just steel so they're still at the first stages of it so i, I would just think it's still a couple years away all right a pikachu balloon was featured in last week's macy's thanksgiving day parade and during the parade the pokemon series 25th anniversary celebration was teased with a de- debut of a new logo um it's the silhouette of pikachu's face i don't really know how to describe this accurately it is pikachu's face but it has no features and uh, in where there were normally than ears of course other than ears yes and where there would be he has like no eyes no nose no mouth which sounds like a like a, a i horror hesitate movie, yeah right. <laughs> I, I hesitate to describe it that way cuz it is actually cute but uh where normally pikachu has rosy cheeks it is replaced by like a 2 and a 5 on the left and right cheeks respectively um to denote the 25th anniversary i've done a horrible job of describing it but like, no, if you you're see doing it, a great job. I you, love it. I guess it is accurate, but it doesn't capture the whimsy of the actual logo. Uh, Pokemon will of course be celebrating its 25th anniversary in 2021, and it sounds like we'll be learning more about the celebration and what it entails in the new year.
0: Um, do we have any points of speculation on what uh, they could be celebrating? Are the two and five are those hints in their own right? are we getting a let's go second generation maybe is that part of the 2 i don't know what the 5 would be but like <laughs> i that's that's half a good theory right there um yeah i don't know what 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 do you think like we know pokemon snap is on its way right uh, but beyond beyond that um we don't we don't know anything else about uh, pokemon's plans
1: yeah i mean you know th- this year was a little atypical in the sense that we got dlc for pokemon Um, sword and shield instead of like a third version or instead of a sequel game so it seems like next year is being would be teed up for another like big pokemon game i'd be all on board for a uh let's go 2 i really liked the first let's go games um but yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do to mark the occasion i assume pokemon go will feature heavily in whatever they do
0: I mean, they want to make money,
1: don't they? <laughs> they do like um, money.
0: <laughs> did you watch the parade at all? Uh,
1: no, I've I've never watched the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade.
0: Uh, we usually do, and we had it on for a little bit, uh, this year. Um, but it's just such a weird, depressing thing. Uh, mm-hmm. with like no one uh, in the stands to watch it, obviously. Um, and you know, then they're like, uh, showing the cast of Hamilton, and you're like. I don't think they recorded that today. Like if, <laughs> that could be from last year. Like it's it's just a, a weird sad state of affairs. So we watched it for like 20 minutes and then we're like, "Okay, we well, we don't need this anymore."
1: I heard Dolly Parton showed up and so I need to YouTube that mm. cuz uh, that that seems like the balm for my soul that I need. Um has her Christmas movie come out yet? I don't know, but it does feel like it has to be perilously close. Yes. We we got to be close. <laughs> uh hey doom eternal has a release date it's been very close a long time coming um the switch version of the game was originally announced to release at the same time as the other other consoles uh earlier this year but after being delayed until later in 2020 we finally have an actual release date and it's real soon the game is coming out on december 8th of this year wow the game is going to be digital only uh previously retailers had been taking pre-orders for it and then like a week or so ago all the pre-orders started getting canceled so people weren't sure Mm. like is the game getting canceled or is it becoming digital only turns out it is digital only they also confirmed that the ancient gods dlc part one which was already released on other platforms will be coming to switch at a later time they didn't give anything more specific oh
0: man uh it's uh, i mean so the the it originally came out Doom Eternal came out on the other platforms back in April right S- same yeah day something as, like uh, that same day as Animal Crossing I believe um so like we'll we'll be getting this game eight months late um which isn't a isn't a super good look uh you know as, especially like as the other um consoles are you know releasing their uh, newer generation models of everything. Uh, it just it's just weird. I'm I'm excited this is finally coming to uh, coming to Switch. It just I don't know. It's it's so weird to have it like be pushed back and pushed back and pushed back.
1: Yeah, I I I played the first game on Switch and had a blast. I was really excited for this one. I think I am still excited for it. Um I but it is weird when like the other console like you can get it for 20 bucks regularly. Yeah. And, you know, I went through the same sort of thing with the Outer Worlds where I bought that at full price, enjoyed my time with it, um, but it definitely wasn't, you know, like the premier experience that you could get on other consoles for a lot less. Uh, For, for like Doom Eternal, for any of these games, like the portability is, you know, the killer feature. And... Yeah, I I think I'll end up getting it, but I don't know that I'm going to get it a release. This might be another one like uh, Phoenix Rising where I wait a little bit until it goes on sale. I think
0: this also might be one where uh, like checking to see how it runs. Uh, that like, yeah. yeah, almost certainly this isn't isn't going to be the recommended platform, but like how much the disparity between the PlayStation Four and Switch version, like that'll. That, that'll be a factor, I think. Totally.
1: I think so, too. Uh, a Super Mario All-Stars event is coming to Tetris 99 this weekend, starting Thursday, December 3rd at 11 p.m. Pacific time, and running through Monday, December 7th at 11 p.m. A, or technically 10.59 p.m. Pacific Thank time. You. A new theme will be available uh, and scoring 100 points or more in the 18th Tetris Maximus Cup will reward players. With the Super Mario All Stars theme, um, I, is it Super Mario 3D All Stars? No, it is Super Mario All Stars. So
0: it oh, looks whoa. like the Super Nintendo game, yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I am really excited for that. I love these like themes for Tetris 99, and it's been a while since Me too. I've jumped in. Me too. Uh, well, it hasn't been a long time since I've jumped in, uh, <laughs> but I I play all of them.
0: Um, yeah. So I'm 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 very excited for this uh, for another like new theme to, to come about.
1: Uh, and give me an excuse to play some Tetris again. The final Cuphead DLC, called The Delicious Last Course, has been delayed again to 2021. Um, No surprise, really, the pandemic was cited as the main reason behind the delay. But the DLC was originally planned for 2019, got pushed back to 2020, and is now planned for 2021. I mean, Cuphead itself is a game that was notoriously delayed for, like,
0: ever and ever and ever anyway. It is only fitting that the DLC which, uh, you know, is probably ballooned to an enormous size and great value, I'm
1: sure, uh, also get delayed. A couple of software updates from Nintendo. The Animal Crossing New Horizons Nook Link app, which is accessed through the Nintendo Switch Online app on your phone, has been updated to include new catalog features, including the ability to filter by item color, footprint size, cost, and more. Uh, There's also new, like, ability to favorite things. Um, so it much easier seemingly to organize your catalog or peruse your catalog on your phone than it is in the game, which is ridiculous
0: that these features aren't in the game, right?
1: Like, why can't the the fact that there's no search function
0: in the game for your catalog? Because your catalog gets enormous. <laughs> right, any
1: item you've ever bought or crafted
0: appears in this thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And the new filter features are kind of cool because you'd be like, okay, give me like a blue thing that's you know like fits in two yeah. by two squares uh, and like costs six hundred bells or whatever. Um, yeah. The there yesterday, Nintendo also released a Switch firmware update, uh, version eleven includes some new notable features, including a, a Nintendo Switch Online like home has been added to the home menu, basically. Uh, down at the bottom, next to the news app, uh, is now a Nintendo Switch Online button. You go into that, and basically it's cataloged everything. It's like the home for Nintendo Switch Online. So instead of being broken up into disparate parts, even though it is still broken up into disparate parts, yes. there's at least one place where you can go that has all the information, uh, including like all the benefits and your subscription information right there on the home screen.
0: Yeah, this is neat. Uh, I-, I checked this thing out this afternoon. Um and like it is, cool. I mean, first of all, the fact that it is, it's like a big red button, uh, on on the bottom of your screen, um, and like everything else is the sort of like, uh, you know, line drawings in like individual colors, but it's still mostly white or black depending on your theme, um, but like this is a big red button that says Nintendo Switch Online, um, and when you access it, um, you know, M- Mark is right that it gives you uh, access to the uh, Super Mario Brothers 35 to Tetris 99. Um, it lets you know which games uh can you can play using um uh, you know a- online multiplayer. Um, but then you can also go into the individual games in the uh, NES Switch Online and SNES Switch Online and launch them from there. So like, if you just wanted to look at all the games released, you know, alphabetically or by um, date. Um, regardless of what system they were originally released on, you can select them there and it will boot up um, the appropriate app uh, and like put you right into the game from there. It's a cool little like uh, way to present stuff that you already have, have access to and sort of almost feels like the old switch eShop in, in or the old uh, uh, Wii eShop in, in some ways um, where you're like just looking at a list of old games that you might want to play only you already have access to them if you're paying the 20 bucks a year
1: yeah and i feel like it answers just like i like as a user as a consumer like i knew because i was tuned into this sort of stuff like what i got yes. with nintendo switch online but uh, other than being buried in the eShop itself and not really laid out all that clearly there was no place you could go in on your switch to just be like i'm subscribed to this nintendo switch online like what do i get for it yeah yeah totally
0: and you know like you didn't you don't download those apps automatically like right um but that button will be there uh if you are it'll be there regardless but uh if you're
1: subscribing to nintendo switch online then you will also have access to all those games uh a nice update for people who have multiple systems. Uh, When using software with the same Nintendo account linked to multiple systems, save data that's backed up from one console will automatically be downloaded to your other consoles now. So, before, you know, if you were playing a game on one system, switch to the other, you had to manually go and download the latest uh, save file. That won't be the case any longer, which seems like a nice quality of life upgrade. On your user page, a new trending feature was added. You can see what other people are playing, or I mean, it gives you a better sense of what other people are playing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can now transfer screenshots and videos to your phone. Uh, instead of having to like tweet them and then download them from your tweet, uh, you can now get them directly. It's a little, it's an interesting system. Basically it's all based it's sort on QR code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you say you want to do it. You use your phone to, and scan a QR code and then you have to scan a second QR code to actually like pick the images that you want. But uh, it's the technology behind it is kind of crazy because basically what it's doing is like it's turning your switch into a server essentially and like a Wi-Fi hotspot because you launch it, you scan a QR code, so that way your phone and the switch get on the like are tuned into the same network, and then you scan it again and the switch is like acting as a server to send the photos to your phone. It's kind of wild.
0: Yeah, it, it 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 is definitely wild because like you scan the QR code. And then there's, like, the little thing at the top of the screen that's, like, connect to server. Uh, and then, like, there's the name of your Switch. And it's, like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit. It, it's not cumbersome. It uh, is just a, a strange process. Um, and it's actually pretty quick. Uh, I, I downloaded a, uh, a video uh, of, um, you know, Animal Crossing celebrating um, Turkey Day uh, uh, onto my phone just to see
1: if it works. And it does. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a nice it's a nice feature to have. Uh also the the ability to transfer screenshots and videos using USB cable connected to your computer has been added. Um you can now have the ability to prioritize downloads when multiple like downloads are in progress. You can choose like this no this is the one like you should focus on downloading then you can move to the other ones later. Tw- this one I'm excited for 12 new user icons. Uh Based around Super Mario Brothers' 35th anniversary, and just like some other stuff that I d- either didn't understand or didn't feel like cataloging. Uh,
0: yeah. So you know, uh, just a a bunch of little stuff to make your Switch experience a little bit better. Still no themes. Uh, no folders. Those, I guess. <laughs> no folders. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 cool to see um to see these new features it makes me wish they could just go like whole hog and just like really revamp the uh like yeah all the little things that it that it it lacks um but it's still cool to see uh stuff like this coming to the platform
1: saga frontier the playstation era anti-classic rpg from square enix is being remastered and is headed to switch among other platforms including mobile uh, the remaster adds... I threw this news item on here I <laughs> threw this news item on here I'm absolving you of the responsibility of pretending that you know anything
0: about this uh, Saga Frontier is this a game that you had heard of or have played at all Mark
1: it's a game that I had heard of in fact I think it was in the conversation around Octopath Traveler right
0: yeah well because it has uh, like a little bit of similar DNA to it but Octopath Traveler might be uh, especially in its job system A little bit more in line with like the bravely games, Um, but the the sort of like central conceit of Saga Frontier is that you picked one of seven characters um, and then like played through their individual stories, and uh, they intersect the character stories like intersected in various ways. But there is a some sort of uh, scenario system or story system in this where basically every time you play it, it's a little bit different, and like what situations the characters find themselves in um can be seemingly randomly generated i'm sure i was doing something to affect it but like i never could wrap my head around it um and always like an hour and a half into it would get to a boss that's dealing like way more damage <laughs> like and i just like didn't have the ability to grind or whatever um I, as as far as my memory goes the game was borderline unplayable in in the form it was in uh but I, it had this like strange allure where I just like really wanted to play it and really wanted to like it, you know, a, a Square Enix RPG in the PlayStation era, right up my alley, right. Like, give me more stuff like this, um, but not like this. <laughs> um, so they, they're adding a new uh, a new character, an eighth uh, playable character named Fuse, um, and re-implementing some uh, scenarios and scenes that weren't in uh, that they weren't. Didn't make it to the original game. Um, it also the the graphical style of the game is super strange. Um, they used like pre rendered sprites a la, la Donkey Kong uh, country, um, but put them in a three D environment, especially in battles. So like it's a polygon three D environment with two um, D sprites that are based on pre rendered huh. graphics. Um, and the upresing for the uh, HD remaster here really brings out the sort of like you know almost claymation detail of these uh pre-rendered uh sprites um so some of them look really cool um and i'm sure that i'm sure this game is uh, still remains unplayable and will be <laughs> bad um but uh, it, it caught my attention uh and uh, for a second i you know thought it was 1997 again
1: yeah somebody must love it um I, you know, I feel like Square Enix has been putting out a lot of these, like, either remasters or just bringing these older RPGs to Switch and other platforms, which I think is awesome because there was a lot of talk, you know, especially about PS1 era Square Enix basically, like, losing a lot of the source code or not necessarily being able to, like, bring these games back. But, yeah, yeah, totally, this is on the list with, like, uh, the new Fire Emblem NES game that's being brought where it's, like, even if i bought this the odds of me like playing through it are like totally. infinitesimal. just very tiny but so so small it does it raises
0: the following question though right like saga frontier okay fine bring that back um you know they uh, they recently uh, re- like within the last 2 years um put out final fantasy 7 and uh 9 did 8 end up coming to switch mm mm-hmm. mhm okay uh and like 10 and 12 Um, So, like, just a a lot of these games uh, and the uh, Crystal Chronicles um, and, you know, uh, the collection of mana, remaking uh, Trials of Mana, um, all of this stuff. But they're leaving some of their, like, biggest, some of the most, like, well-regarded games uh, unrevisited. Where's Chrono Trigger? Where's Chrono Cross? Where are Final Fantasies 4 and 6? and 5 for that matter. Where's Tactics? Like what is happening? They they're they have like so many of these games that are like uh, unquestioned classics and a
1: bunch of these other games that are not and
0: they're reissuing the ones that are not. Yeah, I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, Chrono Trigger especially is interesting because I mean like Chrono Cross I feel like I don't know when the the last time that we've seen any version of that game. Uh yeah. but like Chrono Trigger just a few years ago was released on PC. Granted, it was not in a form that like people were super happy about, but it, it was it, it was like the mobile version, right? Yeah. Something like that. It, yeah. But it is like a weird omission to not have that game on Switch. Um even if it was like the PS1 version. Uh but yeah, I don't know. That that's a that's a really good point. It's it's crazy just how big like Screenix is uh rpg catalog is and it does totally. have all those heavy hitters um man i would love to see like final fantasy 6 on show up even it doesn't seem like we're gonna get it in like the snes switch online but i would pay money just to have it on its own i mean it's it's on the uh super nes classic yeah. edition mm-hmm. uh, which
0: is kind of a weird inclusion secret of mana as well um uh, but, but again, it's like just those two games and not Final Fantasy four and Chrono Trigger. Like what? I, I don't know. It says some of the, uh, the things that they choose to like carry forward um, and how they choose to carry them forward is just uh, sort of mind boggling to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Finally, the online features for Super Mario Maker on the Wii U are being discontinued on March 31st, 2021. It'll, okay. no longer, it'll no longer be possible to upload courses and the Super Mario Maker bookmark website will also be shut down, which means that some of the, like, course world features tied to the bookmark site will also become inoperable at that point. To prepare for this, the game is going to be removed from the Wii U eShop on January 13th, 2021. Um, you will still be able to, like, re-download it. After that, if you've already purchased it, but you won't be able to purchase it new after that point, Nintendo notes that it'll still be possible to play levels that were uploaded before the service is discontinued, so the game doesn't become inoperable, but uh, that's a big right. part of it that is going offline. Uh,
0: which is fair. Like It's uh, it's weird that you have to like operate the servers for both Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2 at the same time, especially when Super Mario Maker 2 sort of replaces the original um, like in in both like the you know which one of these is going to get supported and which one are people actually playing. Um, but I mean and you know the the thing that's so weird about Super Mario Maker is um, the second one didn't really make as big of a splash as the original did right. Like the first Super Mario Maker became a like twitch phenomenon and, you know, was one of the few breakout, like, Wii U games, and on Switch, it sort of landed with, like, a a sort of less enthusiastic, uh, it just, it just wasn't, it didn't, it didn't have, like, the, the, the base, like, people were streaming and, like, playing levels and stuff, but, like, it didn't take long for it to become, like, overrun with those sort of, like, auto-scroller levels or music levels and stuff just people didn't really want to play, um, in a way that, like, I think was also true of the original, but, I don't know i mean do you have like a a read on like why it's like
1: that or yeah it's really I w- strange i wonder if it just comes down to like the novelty factor because super mario maker 2 especially through like the additions and expansions that they added you know like the work uh where you could actually make an entire like world instead of having to do a course by course like all of that is really cool and all of that is stuff that people had asked for previously but i think that um, as far as, like, the maker tools and all of that, suffered a little bit from not having, like, the, uh, Wii U, like, pad, game pad. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it was just, like, not the, like, Super Mario Maker was such a novelty, and then this one is like, yeah, it is, uh, a good game, and it adds a bunch of new stuff, but... We the switch just had like more content. I think I think basically it was like a number of things: novelty, yeah, the fact that it wasn't that there was like more going on with the switch, so less you know like fo- attention and like focus put on it by consumers. Like all I think all those kind of stuff ended up just being like a bunch of paper cuts that eventually like took the whole thing down. I mean, not that yeah. it's a unsuccessful game, not just that, that yeah, it never no, reached the heights it was a failure at all. Right? Yeah, of the first
0: um, one. But I, I think I think your point about the uh, the world maker features uh, is uh, like it's also important to remember
1: that that came
0: you know over a year after the uh, original game's release. Like that could be a situation of like too little, too late. Like why why wasn't that a a feature of the game at launch? Um, if people were able to make worlds at at launch, I, I feel like it would be a a much bigger deal um, and like a bigger selling point. And just like a, something. The whole, like you say, the whole thing uh, in its original success was based on novelty. Um, and then, like releasing it on the Switch didn't really have a lot of novelty. It had one additional theme, um, and like, I mean, it didn't even have the the Koopa Kids. They all came later, right? Like all this stuff that uh, would eventually make the game like now. I think it is a, a complete and novel package. Um, but it did not launch that way.
1: Yeah, and you know they kind of bobbled the online uh the connect oh, yeah. like the connectivity was always pretty poor and um you know like you couldn't play with friends initially it was all like just Ridiculous. playing with like yeah. random people so i think you're right that like it just launched in kind of a okay state and then there was never like i feel like a lot of these games that launch and then they have like a a plan for improving it they lay out the roadmap and they're like hey Here's why you should stick with us. Here's what's coming. And Nintendo just never done that and didn't do that in this case. And so you're just kept in the dark. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, like worlds are here. But like you're saying, it was like a, at least a year or close to a year um, after it was released that that was rolled out. And I think people had just moved on by that point. It's also weird the stuff that they did add to it where it's
0: like now Mario can be Link. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> like, and and all that stuff too like when when they have those uh special uh power-ups where it's like this can only be used in the 8-bit version and you really have to design a whole level around the power yeah uh, and then when you get hit you lose the power-up it's just like well no that's not that that's not the way a mario game works you know and not how mario maker works um so just a it's a just a bizarre series of I, I, I'm i convinced they didn't have, like, a real plan for the rollout of that thing. Or they had more ambitious plans and something happened. Because, like, the last of it rolled out during coronavirus time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, I bet there was... I bet something happened there where they had to, like, throw the brakes on it and we're like, you know, adding new stuff to this game doesn't get us any more money. um And, like, it is tough to... Not that Nintendo is doing poorly this year. They're doing very well. Um, but, you know, coronavirus is hard on everyone and it's harder to release stuff. Um, so maybe, maybe all of that uh, kind of folds in to make like a weird release post release schedule for this. Thing. Yeah. Cause
1: isn't there like in the menu, in the game menus, there's like space yes. for like one more theme, like very prominently and just nothing ever came of that.
0: So, I mean, it is even more damning than that, than there being like a, an obvious space for it. It's, that the four original themes from the first game are all, like, in the, like, here are the themes you choose from. And then in, like, a separate window, uh, there's a heading that says, more themes, plural. And the only one listed there is Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> and, then, and then there's, like, space for what appeared to be three more. Um, so, like, it really, really looks like they had more stuff planned for this. Um, or at least thought they would get to
1: more and simply didn't. I mean, all of this is to say it's a game that I think has sold over 5 million copies, so they're doing fine. failure. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, but it does, it it, it was, like, a disappointing release. Like, I don't think Super Mario Maker 2 lived up to anybody's expectations.
0: Which is all really uh, to say uh, that the turning off of these servers for the original um, Super Mario Maker on the Wii U is a big deal and something that we will, uh, you know, pour out, a, uh, a, uh, pour out our drinks for um, when it actually happens on March 31st, uh, t- uh, 2021.
1: Which, again, that's like the end of everything for Nintendo, right? Yeah, it really is. It really is. Also, uh, great job, like, bringing that back full circle. Because it's like, what prompted this what diatribe were about? What were we talking about? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Mark, we haven't mentioned this recently, but if you would like to be our friends on Switch, you can send us uh, friend requests. We accept every single one that comes our way. Our friend codes are in the description of the episode. At some point, we are going to hit the cap on friends, but we're not there yet. Is there a (laughs) cap on friends? I thought there was. but I don't think we have uh, 200 yet. Oh, is it uh, 200? Are, yeah. At one point, it was 200. Um, and I, I think we are nearing that. But get in and send those requests now. I'm never going to delete any friends. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, no, follow us on Twitter. You can follow us both places. Um, but on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying thank you for listening.
1: Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the
0: woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer, Riley Bray, we make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right, every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, Club. you're You're here here to to believe believe us.
1: Wait, is that how it goes? campfire.